0: On FM, on DAB, and up-to-date on social media, we are Radio Newark. Radio Newark Newark Sport, brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs, on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk Tonight, it's strictly Mick and Tony as we waltz around the week's news, reinvent sports thoughts... And have a look forward to what's happening this weekend. Yes, this is the renowned Radio New Sport. And we start with our look back at some of the national stories that's made the headline over the last week. Manchester City can definitely win the historic quadruple this season, says midfielder Phil Foden. So. For- Foden scored twice as City beat Newport to reach the FA Cup quarterfinals. They're also top of the Premier League, they've beat Shelker in the first leg of the Champions League and beat Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final this Sunday. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has stepped up his proposed £3.8 billion pound takeover of Manchester United, according to reports. United Chiefs have spent an increasing amount of time in Saudi Arabia, probably just on holiday, British heavyweight Tyson Fury has signed a fight deal with the United States television network, reported worth 80 million pounds. The deal, which is understood to cover Fury's next five fights, will see him broadcast on ESPN with the in the US while remaining on BT Sport in the UK. According to Frank Warren, that's something special. Leeds United have been fined £200,000 by the English Football League for watching the opponents train before matches. A member of the Leeds staff was found to be acting suspiciously outside Derby's ground before their fixture on January the 10th. The EFL found Leeds had breached rules over treating teams with good faith. England's rugby players have been given a pep talk by former footballer John Kerry before the Crunch Six Nations clash in, w- in Cardiff, stop laughing. The ex-England captain spent the morning at the bag shop training base exchanging ideas on issues such as leadership and motivation with both the players and the coaches. And centuries from Jason Roy and Joe Root helped England complete their highest one-day run chase to beat the West Indies. ...by six wickets in the first ODI. Root scored 123 off 85 balls. No, he didn't. Roy scored 123 off 85 balls and Root 102 off 97. As the Tourist crew saw fr- to, to their 361-run target with eight balls to spare in sunny Barbados. now this is the night where we ask you to also join in so pen and piece of paper at the ready you can text 81400 write the word newark leave a space and leave your message as long as it's very nearly clean <laughs> on facebook it's radio com forward slash radio newark and on twitter It's forward slash Radio Newark UK. You know how to do it because Tony and I are going to pick up on all those stories before moving on to the local stories. Sports Thoughts 1 and Sports Thoughts 2 from Mr Smith. And then, eventually, we'll get around to looking at what's coming up this weekend. So if if your team or you are doing something this weekend and you don't think I'm going to know about it, let me know. Facebook, Twitter... Or text 81400. But let's start um, with a few minutes, Tony, on those headlines. Okay. Um, We'll go straight to Tuesday. And Leeds United have been fined £200,000. I thought we'll start with that one. Yes. Um, They've also received a formal reprimand from the AFL, which is bringing in a rule to prohibit clubs from viewing their opposition training. in the 72 hours preceding a game, unless invited to do so, they are bringing in bringing a rule. in a role. Now, I'm not brilliant at English, I wasn't clever at school, Tony went to a grammar school, but bringing in a rule means they haven't made a rule. So how the hell can you find somebody?
1: Well, basically, um, I went to Bradford Grammar School and both days it rained, it was quite disappointing really, but... If there wasn't a rule in the first place, we haven't broken a rule. So you know that that's um, that's the situation. Marco Bielsa was doing the, his job to the best of his ability by leaving no stone unturned. Leeds United didn't break any rules. So why did why did the club get fined? If you're going to find anybody, find uh, find the manager. Because it was it was him that was out of order. But if fines mean anything in football, how about Russia? The Russian supporters joining an international shouted racist chants at black lads and got fined 22,000. Leeds United looked over a fence and got fined 200,000. Well done. A that fence that any member of the brilliant. public could look over because it was on a public footpath. Yeah, it's just... It's just the way football is run in this country.
0: They found them, they breached the rules over treating teams with good faith. Let me take you back to an outburst I made last week. Good faith in football? About Dwight Gale. Mm. When he cheated. Yeah. Admittedly, admitted he cheated and won West Bromwich Albion three points. that They shouldn't, they wouldn't have got. So a point, sorry, a point, let's get it right, a point against Forrest. Which they wouldn't have got. It was a last-minute penalty, which he cheated. Is that not acting in good faith? He got a slap on the wrist and a two-match ban. Well, surely there's no good... So, where's the good faith? Where is good faith in football?
1: There's no good faith in football when contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. There's no spirit of the game when people cheat left, right and centre every football match.
0: So, the English Football League, I just think they are... And they announced... That's Friday night. Bef- I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't like Leeds. You do, I don't. Leeds are in that same category with me as Derby and Man United and Liverpool and Anderlecht. They're all in that same category. I don't like the clubs. Mm. But where, how they treated Leeds, to announce on Friday night that they'd spent the best part of the month thinking about it, and I do not come up with any solution. So that was a Friday night before a massive game against Middlesbrough. And 48 hours after that, they come out with that.
1: If you're not born in Leeds, like I was, and if you didn't grow up supporting Leeds, like I did, then you will hate Leeds. Because people hate successful teams. Fair dose. But... You know, I mean, it's just sort of history, absolute history, the fact that people hate Leeds, because under Don Revy, despite being a brilliant, brilliant football team, they were perceived as dirty, because they outfought other teams, so other teams who couldn't handle it, like Forrest, thought they were dirty. It's not the case, but... It still seems to exist in football in general, and if it wasn't Leeds, there wouldn't have been a fine issued. I agree on that one. I, yeah. don't, I don't agree with any of the other no, stuff that
0: you've just said, but I, I, I agree on that one. As
1: Rafa would say, fact!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree on that one, that um, Don Revy and Leeds put football back years, the way they, <laughs> the way they, oh, I can't think of another word. I want to say the way they played, but they didn't play, they bullied. And um, they, oh. put, they put football back
1: absolutely a- years. Ac- accusations of bullying is a bit harsh coming a- from a Cluffy fan.
0: And at the end of the day, Don Revy was found out to be exactly what he was. Mm. Um, Brilliant. Manipulating. Best football manager there's ever been. Manipulating. take the <laughs> take, take the money and run. <laughs> This is going to go on all night
1: if I'm no, not careful. No, it's not off now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to go out and drive on Newark Roads again. Let's talk about that, honestly. No, go no. On, we'll keep go, off go that. No, let me. I won't mention women
0: drivers at all, I promise. No, <laughs> you better not. Okay.
1: Can Manchester City win all four? Yes, easily. Because if they couldn't, it would have stayed 2 1 to Schalke last night. And I listened to that match on the radio, and Manchester City were just unbelievable. The fact that they equalised was incredible, but to go and get a winner, oh my goodness, what a performance that is. You know, when Pep Guardiola won the quadruple with Barcelona, he disappeared. No one could find him anywhere. And eventually, his assistant manager found him in a corner crying. And he went, what's up, Pep? He said, we've won the quadruple. What are we going to do now? He's just an, an incredible manager. He just want Alex Ferguson, I know you don't like him either, but Sir Alex, once he'd won something, he had a glass of red wine and then forgot about it and then started planning the next victory. That's what Pep's like. The greatest managers are always looking for the next thing they can win rather than sort of sitting on the laurels, getting the cigars out and going, well, wasn't that brilliant? And Pep Guardiola, yes, they can win the quadruple, and yes, they will win the quadruple, because he is that good. If you've got a manager like that, you, honestly, it it makes you ten times a better player than you were before he arrived. As we've seen with Sterling and people like that. Sterling is a prime example. He was, Berwick Rangers would have him when he wasn't very good, because he was still half-decent. But now, he's a different player because of Pep Guardiola. When when Ryan Bertrand was confronted by I think I've got the right player there, Southampton player got confronted by Guardiola after a match, and everyone's going, oh, oh, that looks like trouble. That'll be in all the papers. He wasn't saying to him. How come, you, how come you assaulted one of my players? He was saying, you are far, far better than you think you are. You could be a fantastic footballer. That's how he is with the opposition. Imagine having him in your dressing room. You'd climb through walls for the guy. Absolutely magic. He's in a passionate mode tonight, <laughs> folks, isn't he? He really is in a passionate
0: mode. <laughs> let's um, while he's in while he's in passion mode, let's mention one of his favourite footballers,
1: John. John Terry. Yes. Oh, bless him! I love him. Honestly, me and Michael Bridges would absolutely love to have him for dinner. I mean, round for dinner, obviously not eat. the I'd probably go food poison for a bloody month. But what a what a horrible piece of work that is. Parked his car in a disabled area outside McDonald's and said to the person, what are you going to do? Find me. You know? Jeez, that's, that's enough with him. He's not even worth the airspace. So what can England rugby players learn from John Terry? How to be decent people if they ignore every word he says.
0: See, I told you I was informed tonight. <laughs> Don't forget, if you want to comment on this, 81400, com on Facebook and Twitter at Radio Newat UK. Please phone in, John. Um. England, that was really cool in England cricketers last night, it just gone 7 o'clock. <sighs> um, they won it with ease. And there's a lot of criticism now of Gale. Because he he, he, he was in there almost for the full innings. Hmm. And he won't run singles. He can't run singles. Me and you could be better at running <laughs> singles than he can. Um, <laughs> And he was putting the pressure on the young lads that, that was yeah. coming through. Um, Darren Goff was having a right old moan at him earlier on today. it plays, plays for himself. That's, that's more or less um, mm. exactly what, what Goffy was saying. And he was also saying that Jason Roy and Joe Roots innings was a lot better cricketing innings mm. than
1: Gales. But, I mean, cricket fans won't be seeing the last of him because he will play for somebody else and uh, and and coin great amounts of money for doing so so but the west indies fans if I was one of them I would say well thanks for all you've done but I won't miss him because you know he just he lost that game for the west indies I'm I'm totally in agreement with Goffy. and um I've not heard Darren Goff on the radio until you converted me to Talksport he comes out with a lot of common sense. Mind he was a Yorkshire lad, he should do. I did. knew
0: that was coming. I <laughs> knew that was coming. Right. Two whinges from me before the break. One is one where we've been before the FA Cup. Wolves against Manchester United. The kickoff is 7.55 on a Saturday evening. <laughs> All them Man United fans have got to get back to South London <laughs> after that game on a Saturday evening. <laughs> it's just, just so it can go out on television.
1: <laughs>
0: it's rubbish. Yeah. It's
1: wrong. Well, it's, um, the, um, <laughs> the, 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 there's a lovely um, thing on, on, on Twitter tonight about the uh, Manchester United supporter who was at the Chelsea game on Monday night. And he was wearing uh, a yellow and green Newton Heath shirt. And, um... It was wearing um it, it was it was holding a uh black, red, white and scarf in one hand and he was wearing a leather hat and uh, it was it was asked, you know, why I mean it's was, it was an old guy as well, it was it was it was, it was knocking on and he was asked why he was wearing the shirt and he says, History mate, tradition. You know when Monday night wore yellow and green house in in, in uh, memory of the early days with, with with Newton Heath and how the club began. And he said, carrying the scarf because it's Man United colours. And I was wearing a hat because I love Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> 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 proper fan. <laughs> a proper, exactly, a proper fan. Who's got to find his way back to South London yeah, at 10 o'clock a, on Saturday night. A proper fan, an absolute nutter who happens to fall in love with football. Proper football fans.
0: Absolute brilliant. And the other one is... Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Okay, he's on a cracking job. Mm. There's no doubt he's on a good job. I think the players have got an awful lot to answer to answer for, personally. Mm. But he's... Holba, in particular. Yes, in particular. Now they're talking about him being player of the season. Come on. But it was in his context that I want to talk about. <clears throat> you can't judge Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, they said, until he's had a couple of transfer windows... Why are we judging managers on their ability to buy and not their ability to coach? It's one one 10 out of 12. But I'm I'm generalising now. They all say he needs a couple of transfer windows. It's not about, well, it is, but it shouldn't be about how big your pocket is. It should be about how good
1: you are as a coach, surely. Manchester United supporters don't care if Manchester United don't win anything. They care if their football team doesn't attack, attack, attack. Solskjaer has got them doing that, so they love him. Because that's the Matt Busby way, and that other the Matt guy Busby tried way. to do it as well, but that's Matt the Matt Busby, Busby way. way. So give him the blooming job.
0: When everybody, everybody's second favourite team was Manchester United, yeah. when Matt Busby
1: was in charge. Be- because of the football they played, yeah. that is the Manchester United way. That's it. That is the Solskjaer way. Yeah, Give yeah. him the job tomorrow.
0: It's it's all that matters is, is who you can buy in the transfer windows. Mm, it's when your mate Don Revie mm. and Bill Shankly and Brian Clough, in the era that I said I still maintain, the great managers words, Yeah, they made champions, European cup winners. two so out of the three of them, they made champions out of nobodies. Yeah. They didn't spend X million pound. You know, they turned Billy Bremner into a world-class footballer. They turned John Robertson into a world-class footballer. And what Shank
1: did at Liverpool was unbelievable. Throughout my reporting career, uh, before I came to Newark, and then subsequently after I came to Newark, there's been one footballing constant... In, in my reporting life Kenny Burns and um, what Brian Clough did for Kenny Burns he actually turned him into a footballer before he was just a Scottish thug yes agreed and Brian Clough turned him into a footballer he didn't go out and pay 10.7 million pounds for him he just got him on the training ground and said look this is how you do it do it that way and you'll be in my team for a long time, and you'll go on and win things. Like, for example, the Cup with the Big Ears. Absolutely
0: brilliant. And that is why the managers then are better than the managers now. Coming up, we're going to calm things down a bit as we reinvent sports thoughts. Many, many, many years ago, when Mr Smith plied his trade on the back five pages of the New York Advertiser, um, he used to do something called Sports Thoughts, where he sat down and um put his his thoughts obviously to paper um slightly different now we're reinventing it because he's going to put his thoughts into a microphone um (laughs) we tried it we tried it to an extent last night and it worked wonderfully and what we're going to do now every Thursday night is tony is going to go on to his sports thoughts. so i'm going to shut up i'm not going to play any silly music in the background because this is very serious tony smith is reinventing Sports Thoughts.
1: Well, yeah, the, the idea behind it initially um, was that I'd moved down here from Yorkshire and uh, nobody knew me from Adam. And so what I thought I would do was put um, the Sports Thoughts column in the paper each week with my head and shoulders picture on it and then try and write as contemporary, humorous as possible about current sporting... Um, subject, or just pick something from random, like show and tell last night. Just pick something from random and discuss that, and, and and it worked for ten years, and that absolutely spot on. And then after ten years, I had to drop it because I wrote an article, and I said to the guy next to me, the guy next to me was actually um, Daniel Taylor, uh, who came and joined us at the advertiser as a young reporter straight from school. And uh, the first thing he ever said to me after shaking my hand was, Hello, my name's Daniel, and I'm after your job. And um, it wasn't the, probably the best way to um, <clears throat> introduce yourself to a gnarled old sports editor, but, you know, we became firm friends. And he is now the uh, football, corris- the northern football correspondent at The Guardian and uh, covers England games, um, reported on Manchester United for a long time. Nottingham Forest through and through, And uh, but uh, later befriended Roy Keane as a Manchester United player, and um has done wonderful things for himself in the world of sport, but I turned around and showed him the Sports Thoughts column, said, what do you think? And he went, you wrote that four years ago, and that's why we binned the column, that was it. But um my writing ability has never been because I'm very very clever and because I can write brilliantly and all the rest of it it's it's always been a God given talent and when I handed in my application for voluntary redundancy at the advertiser the editor said to me, yeah go give us another two weeks, it's the least we can do you've been here 25 years just give us two weeks and we'll sort it out, don't worry and so I went back to my desk, took the cover off the computer put the hands hovering above the keyboard and just waited for the words to come, and there was nothing, absolutely nothing, because it was always a God-given talent. I'd finished the job mentally. God had went, right, I've given you enough. Off we go. And I went back to the editor, burst into tears and said, it's gone, mate, there's nothing left. And um, so, basically, I was in weatherspoons for ten past nine. You know, and uh, that was uh, the end, end of my uh, writing career. Also, I thought, and then Jim Mackay... Bully to his mates, um, suggested that we wrote a book, and I about the uh, an FA Cup adventure. Pick a team in the first qualit ex whatever it's called, but the, the very first stage of the FA Cup, the first extra preliminary round or whatever, in August. Follow the winners of that, and then all the way to Wembley. Write not about the matches, but about our experiences along the way, and so. I said, that would be great if someone could write it. And he went, well, you write it, that's what you do. And I said, no, I don't, that's what I used to do, mate. And then he actually said, just get hold of a laptop, or in fact my tablet, and he said, and write on that. And uh, he's now emigrated to uh, Beijing, the book never got past chapter three. And um, basically, we never actually got to a football match together in the book, but... Uh, that introduced me back into the world of writing and suddenly I found it was just appeared on the page and made me laugh again and so, you know, God was back in harness and off we went. And and so this piece is in the programme on Saturday for the uh, Newark Flowserve Serve versus uh, Ashby Ivanhoe, kick-off Lowfields 3pm, be there. And um it's basically, I think, the best thing I've ever written. And it's about a day that... um I met a footballing legend. Um, So this is it. The vast majority of the greatest ever football managers were Scottish. I had a brief relationship with one that wasn't, Bob Paisley. The late Hugh McIlvaney, the sports writer that all wannabe sports writers should wannabe, wrote of Paisley, "Bob Bob was inalterably humble but anybody who did not feel humble in his presence was no judge of a man. In 1980, Bradford City drew the mighty Liverpool in the second round of the League Cup and had the temerity to beat them 1-0 at Valley Parade in the first leg. David Markham, the City reporter at the Telegraph and Argus, had been taken ill and the news editor asked who wanted to go across to Anfield to do the prelim ahead of the second leg the hand of this cub reporter shot up. Me and the photographer drove to Melwood, and he took pictures of the Liverpool stars going through their paces, while I chatted to this amiable old Geordie, who was dressed in a comfy cardigan and smelled like your grandad on a well-scrubbed day. Bob Paisley was charm itself, and happily answered the inane questions of the young reporter who scribbled away in his notebook, pretending that he'd been paying attention in shorthand lessons and then we went to Anfield. After pictures were taken of the away dressing room and the this is Anfield sign at the top of the steps, me and my new mate Bob went down said steps, through a door that you might find on your average outhouse, and there was Anfield before us in all its glory. I'd read books and articles about the cop, autobiographies by goalkeepers who had been frozen on the spot the first time they'd encountered this swaying mass of humanity, that stretched back as far as the eye could see But stood there looking at both ends of the ground They both looked the same Pretty impressive But average at best Which end is the cop? I asked Bob in all innocence The Liverpool manager looked at me coldly And turned on his heel End of interview Brilliant Absolutely brilliant <laughs> 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 It I've never been to Anfield. It's great. It's a ground I've never been to. That was
0: fantastic, by by the way.
1: Well, I went on that trip, and then I actually went to Liverpool versus Norwich City, ahead of the second leg against Bradford City, and stood in the middle of this swaying mass of humanity. I think Liverpool beat Norwich City 4-0. And um, it was... An amazing experience. And and it's true that when Liverpool went close, not so much when they scored, but when Liverpool went close and the ball just grazed the, the foot of the post and went behind, the cop poured forward and your feet actually left the ground because you were hemmed in on all four sides and just went down the steps, never touched the steps, and then went back again to the step you started off on. And it was just its best roller coaster in the world. and And as a football fan, it was just... You know, irrespective about the Leeds stuff and all the rest of it, I'm a football fan and I could stand in amongst any supporters apart from Chelsea and, 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 and love the club, you know. But it was just um, in 1970, uh, Chelsea beat Leeds United in the FA Cup final replay, and they did it in the final and in the replay at Old Trafford by kicking Leeds off the field. And that felt so wrong because that's what we did to other teams, and Chelsea did that to us. And I've hated them for 48 years. <laughs> Any other club, I could fall in love with and have a tremendous soft spot—a tremendous soft spot for—not a problem. What was the final score in the Liverpool Bradford match? Then four nil, hmm. and and the Liverpool support, the Liverpool cop, applauded Bradford City as they walked towards them and clapped the hands over the head, and it was just... Whatever you might think about Liverpool and Scousers, it was just proper sport. They applauded Bradford City for beating them 1-0 at Valley Parade. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, I am think that's, that's absolutely wonderful. But, I like, mean, but, but Bradford City got absolutely battered at Anfield, but the Liverpool players walked off, and the Bradford City pl- players stayed on. Mm and got the mother and father of all receptions back That That's how well. it should be. That yeah. proper. That's proper football. Right,
0: Tony, you need to take a deep breath because uh, <laughs> it's your turn again.
1: Oh, I, d- I thought you meant you were bringing John Terry in. Oh, no, thank God for that.
0: He's declined your invitation surprisingly <laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> Radio Newark,
0: the home of Newark sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8pm with Mick and Tony. Radio Newark, the home of Newark sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the
1: podcasts and
0: get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. I used to go and watch Forest as a season ticket, took Amanda there for years and um, years and really enjoyed it. But I've always loved local football, as you know, and surprisingly enough, Flow serve. used to have a football team it's more than two years ago um and we had some cracking days and one of those days was in a not senior cup match and was a trip to arnold town this is when arnold town played in the middle of Ah. arnold where they had the cricket field as well and uh, it was idp at the time they called themselves and was winning 3-2 with probably 25 minutes to go and ended up getting beat 7-3 as they stepped up a gear and we went down a gear was very friendly to us at, at the end of the game they said what a pleasure it was to play us and how well we're done um i always remember mother won the raffle and they delivered it by car to boulderton which was a bouquet of flowers two days later that's the sort of club arnold town are mm. lovely club if you like what tony was saying about liverpool they treated idp the same. The minnows going to their big grand, having a cracking night and making them work making them work for the victory. So it's with great sadness that I see that Arnold has stuck at the bottom now of the East Midlands Counties League about to drop into Step 7 football <sighs> and the reasons of this Tony's going to
1: explain. Yeah the um, I always wanted to report on Newark Town in Newark, and uh, because of my age, I only got to report on Newark Town at Collingham. Uh, and uh, I was actually part of a four man team that resurrected Newark Town Football Club um, Dave Duddles, uh, Paul Bagley, and the late Steve Postlethwaite. Us four in the upstairs room at the, uh, at the uh, up King's Head. We uh, had several meetings up there and eventually uh, managed to reform Newark Town, a club that went bust uh, many, many years previously, but we got them going as an under-16 team and now the uh, end result is they've got many, many youth sides and uh, what have you. But basically... Um, uh, I, I, if 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 you, if you love your football then you can see all sides of a football match. On Saturday, it was lovely to be there as a Newark Flow Serve supporter, member, uh, club official, and see my team win 7-0. But the football fan side of me thought, what's happened to Arnold Town? There was a crowd of 76 uh floss have probably supplied about 69 of those supporters but the seven old arnold blokes were wearing uh hoodies with arnold town badge on very neat badge they were wearing the uh, beanies with the arnold town on they were wearing the lovely amber and gold scarves and you know they must have you know been heartbroken watching their team play absolutely pants. Flo-serve were good, but f- honestly, Arnold were embarrassing. And um, it's tremendously sad. I took my youngest daughter, Bethan, as a five-year-old, to Arnold Town for a cup final which involved uh, BG Newark and uh, Lee Henderson, great, great friend of mine. I'm, I'm pleased to see a regular at Flo-serve matches. He went along, or rather, we went along. Uh, the uh, cup final was played at Arnold Town's Old Ground, which is in the town. It was in the town. That's a key note. Was in the town. And not miles out in the countryside where nobody can get to without a car. And I'm sure these guys were that old that they probably had the cars taken off, and bless them, I don't know how they got out there, but probably very understanding wives or grand grandchildren. Anyway... And me and Bethan went out to this uh, lovely, lovely ground under the lights, which is always best. It was her first ever football match, and we were sat behind Lee Henderson's goal uh, because Arnold Town, in their old uh, venue, had a stand, a seated stand behind the goal, and we were sat right behind the goal. And somebody got the ball and smashed it from about thirty-five yards out into the top right-hand corner. Lee Henderson flew across in front of us tipped the ball over the angle of crossbar and post and collapsed at our feet in a pile of dust. And I went, if that doesn't get my five-year-old loving football for the rest of her life, nothing ever will. And I looked at her where she was sat next to me as Lee picked himself to his feet and prepared for the corner. And she turned round and pointed and said, that lady has got the same shoes as mummy. She's never been back to a football match and Arnold Town have never really been back to that level, and it's very, very sad. And that's... It's killed a club, hasn't it? But in the programme, uh, this guy called Mick Gretton, who's the programme editor, it was a lovely little programme, and he was also there with a camera around his neck taking pictures of the game, which have appeared on social media, good pictures as well, and he... (coughs) Basically uh, said in the program notes in his preview of the match, Surfs show what a football club can achieve if it plays its football in the town where it belongs, not in a field miles and miles out. Of, not not in a field miles and miles out of town. And uh, yeah. it's a nice little setup at Eagle Valley. It's a, it's a very nice setup, and if they had success, they'd look they'd look well with that ground, with a good crowd in it. But seventy six people, it, oh, it was. I think it was probably all, sad.
0: It was all done for the right reasons. Yeah,
1: but it's killed Arnold Town. It was done for the right reasons, but it tore the heart out of the football club, and a football yeah. club without a heart is not worth being. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know. Collingham's been brilliant to Newark Town. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, Collingham's been brilliant. But Newark Town have got to play in Newark. Yeah. It's, it's
1: that simple. And, and and once they do, yeah. then, you know, there's a lot of very, very... There's a lot
0: of people who go and watch Slow Save and Newark Town. Yeah. Because they like watching local football, yeah. but they
1: won't go yeah. at Collingham. But, I mean, when Newark Town played at Collingham... Uh, in the days when i used to watch him he used to get ginger Burkett and about six or seven mates and that was your knew at town crowd mm. and the you know sort of regulars that, uh, that calling him but i knew at Newark town football club there are some very very good people you know with the heart uh, with, with with the club at that that you know, very, very much at the heart and and soul of their being. People like Damo Parkinson, who's a great bloke. Guys like Jim Todd, uh, out the wonderful Richard Lane, and people like that who deserve better for the club that they love. And, um, you know, if Town get playing in Newark again, if, if Damo and the boys put some good results together again, then, you know, I mean... <clears throat> We we can wish him as as Newark people we can wish them nothing but the best and it don't matter about floor versus Newark town that doesn't exist anymore now. Demo admitted that when he took the job. Um, you and know, it, what I mean, it's it, good that it doesn't. We yeah, exactly we are no longer rivals. We, it, we're it, no it, longer it, it was both of them. them to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just we're all Newark. Let's support our team. And if people go to you know the uh YMCA sports hub one week and to Flossie the next, you know, so be it. I mean, obviously, we'd rather have them on the bus and going out with us and banging the drums and sort of, you know, supporting Flossie of home and away. But you know, w- w- personally, uh, as a lover of Newark, as a lover of Newark's people and uh, as a as a resident of, of this lovely market town for 33 years, I, I, I wish everybody in Newark Sport all the very best, and, and that goes for Newark Town every bit as much as Newark FlowServe.
0: Let's have a quick look back at what happened last week. Um, we've already mentioned that FlowServe went to Arnold and won 7 nil, and that neck-and-neck race with Selston goes on <coughs> for another week. In Okay, it's advantage Selston, but it's close. Um Collingham have played twice since the weekend. They played Saturday and they played again Tuesday night. They've beaten Asken and Phoenix, two games you would expect them to win. The point is, they have won them 3 0 and 3 1. But Collingham picked up two or three injuries on Tuesday night, didn't they? Which is, isn't going to help, the cause. It's not, because uh, those under 18s have got a lot of matches to play. Mm. and uh, But it, it's propelled them to third in the table.
1: So they're up there. They're up there with a shout. I, w- I would love us to go, you and me, to go to Sinsel Bank to see those under-18s. Well, if it's... If if it's, if it's we can manage it, we'll manage it. If it fits in, I think If it fits in, think, it fits we, in, we will do
0: it, because we, yeah. I, do, I do... I've do i seen them play that semi-final, and they are well worth watching. <laughs> um, Dame Old to- told us that Newark lost at Redford. Retford are, if you like, the flow serve of the Central Midlands North Division. They've want success they want promotion and they haven't been scared to put money into into, <laughs> into achieving it so to keep them to 3-2 with one minute left mm. um shows the intention um and the way north flows. um that north town are going mm. so well done to everybody at town
1: if you're ever going to lose the football match come out of it feeling as good as new at town did of mm. that one um rugby club beat fourth
0: in the table loughborough 28 17 in a cracking match at the sunshine in the sunshine at kellham road again probably 300 people watching that Mm. people will watch local sport they will watch it if it's in your town they will watch it um a win and a loss for the hockey ladies they lost on saturday they won on sunday and it was lovely on sunday a 50 plus crowd watching that match yeah Lovely to see, because hockey, for some reason, is not doesn't attract
1: supporters, and I cannot understand why. It doesn't attract supporters, because it's a very, very difficult game to watch. Because the surface and the ball, upon that sort of surface, travels so fast, you can't really keep up with the game. No, it's, it's, it's a very tricky game to watch, even on telly. The
0: ladies' twos and threes also also win. Newark rugby club's Maddie Crofts has been invited to be an assistant referee at the Scotland's women's under twenties match, a warm up match for their um European campaign. They play um they play Darlington, which is a Premier Division a Premier Division <laughs> club. Scotland against Darlington. <laughs> Love it. Uh, you like that, don't you? <laughs> uh, Isabel Darvell finished fourth in the first round of the um women's road racing season. Yeah. And former Newark rugby club player Johnny Law is part of the squad that England are going to ch- choose um, to play Scotland again. And France um, coming up. It's 42, man whittling down to 22. And Olivia Whitelaw um, has been chosen to represent Great Britain in the fourth quarter. That's Dressage International. Um, yeah, Olivia, Johnny Law, Made, Isabel. Four Newark teenagers just about to go into the 20s, but four Newark teenagers
1: really really that's that, starring that's going to be a bit of a step down isn't it? playing england after you've played darlington <laughs> <laughs> it most certainly is um what we're going to do
0: next is that was last weekend and I, I i yeah the stars of last weekend i don't know flow serve you'd expect to to have won um rugby clubs was a great victory the ladies hockey on the sunday was a great victory um I really don't know where the stars was. I thought we're I think Newark Town, probably, for
1: doing what they did at Retford. I've got a star of the weekend. Um, he won't be listening because he lives in Pontefract. Sam Agar. Newark uh, floor service. Oh, surfs. we're not biased, then? No, Newark floor centre-forward. Already scored two goals, and then we got a penalty. And last season's top scorer, Elliot King, was given the ball to take the penalty because Sam knows that Elliot is a confidence player and needed to get back on the score sheet to help him through an injury-ravaged season. What a tremendous effort. And Jack Beckett as well, because he was on a hat-trick as well. Great gesture to give it to Kingy. Kingy went and hit the blooming post, but even so, cracking gesture. (laughs) Bloke of the week. And
0: on that note... Well, for an awful moment there, I thought, "Was we even going to have to sing to you?" But uh, no, no, but I mean,
1: it, uh, you're not turned on. I, I, as, as you you were, spoke enough I, tonight, I, as, as you were saying that the soul show doesn't seem to have turned up. No, tonight. we're not here,
0: so it looks like we're doing the soul show
1: as well. well. Uh, I don't. I'm really enjoying this. Did, Let's just carry on. Do you know anything about soul music? No, no. I've got no soul whatsoever. I support leads. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's
0: true. Right, my script now says we're going to look forward to. You've got a script. Yes. <laughs> You've left it many times tonight. Uh, my script now tells me we're now going to look forward to what's happening this weekend. Yeah. And um, if we don't mention you, well, email me, text me, Facebook me, do something, and we'll put it on the list that goes out at 10 o'clock tomorrow on our social media pages. And we're going to start with... The Soul Show's here. <laughs> here. We're going to start with Newark... An entire town rejoices. Yes. <laughs> Newark Rugby Club. Um who topped my bill for this weekend. They travel to Stamford in the NLD, Nottinghamshire-Lincoln derby. Um, semi-final, buoyed by last weekend's excellent victory that we was just talking about. Stamford playing Division 3 of the Midlands League, which is one level below Newark. They are second in that, and join an excellent season, and beat Lincoln in the last round. Newark, uh, Lincoln's in Newark's division. Mm. Um... And they beat Lincoln in the last round, so I think it's going to be tough for Will Britain and the boys, but, you know, if a play like they played against Loughborough and the
1: sunshine, because Newark Rugby Club always played better in the sunshine, they <coughs> could get to an NLD final. I don't want to take anything away from the bar takings at Stamford Rugby Club, but if the Newark players could wander across the road to the Danish Invader, it's one of the best pubs I've ever been in in my life and it's well worth a visit. <laughs> how do you follow that <laughs> well we'll no doubt find
0: out but uh, we'll have an eye on to see where the newark players disappear to after the game but um they, they enjoyed themselves
1: against loughborough because there was a lovely facebook sort of video with them bar jumping well Adrian Loftus has got many fond memories of uh, the Danish Invader, but we can't really go any further with that one before 9 o'clock, so yeah. I just wish Newark all the best.
0: Yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. Turning uh, <laughs> into <laughs> football. East Midlands Championship race goes on. Flosav will be favourites to beat um, mid-table Ashby as they visit Lowfields for the first ever time. While Selston, they travel to Renneuf, and Selston will also be favourites to take maximum points over an improving Renneuf. Now, mm-hmm. Selston lost at Gedlin. I'm crushing it straws here. Selston lost at Gedlin, so you don't you don't know. The fi- the thing is, who's going to be the first one to trip up? FlowSurf or Selston? It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Selston have an advantage. They've played a game less. Both teams have the same amount of points So Selston can well they can't afford to lose because Sel- FlowSerf's goal difference is far superior. So if nobody trips up between now and the end of the season, Selston are going to be champions. That's mm-hmm. as simple as that. Will one
1: of them choke? It's it's whoever blinks And um, Selston did a great job When they came to uh, Lowfields Did very, very well uh, We responded superbly And got a good point But the game at Selston Earlier in the season The evening game At the Parish Ground Flossers should have won Because they were the better side and that's what gives me hopes. That's what gives me hope because, when it comes to the two of them, Flo serve and Selston, Flowserve would beat Selston eight times out of ten, and that's the difference. And that's why we'll win the title. The trouble
0: is, the two times they have played them, they haven't beat them.
1: No, but that's what the table says. Difficult
0: circumstances, but yeah. you see, but that at the end of the day, Tony, that doesn't matter, does it? But out of, the, doesn't matter. out of the ten, the other 8 we'd win. Yeah, but you haven't <laughs> got to play him another eight times, have you? <laughs> you haven't got to play him at all. You've blown it. Um, it's who's going to blink. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. If nobody blinks, Selstam will win it. Both of them should get promotion, if the grounds are up for it. But, you know, is the pressure going to tell? Floshev will have two new players mm. in their squad for the weekend, I understand. Mm. Sean Woolley is... Um, He now lives in Newark, but he was a midfield player who um, played for Ingalls and has been in the referee's notebook more times than Sam Agar. So, um, between them two, there's a competition to start with. Um, But he's a goal-scoring midfielder, so he's going to add to it. And a young man from Grantham via Harrowby.
1: Yeah, Riley Thompson, uh, very, very... After we finished here on uh, Tuesday night, I went to watch training down at the Sports Hub and... uh, both Riley and, uh, and, and and Sean looked very, very sharp. In, in fact, the whole scene did. It was a lovely hour, watching them train under the lights. But um, it, it it's only when you watch a training session where every player on the field is really, really good that you see football at its finest. It's a really good hour. And then we all went back to the... Uh, the majority of us went back to... Uh, Back to floor serve and had a very enjoyable evening. Right, that's enough, flow serve. Time's moving on. That's (laughs) enough of that. Um, You asked. (laughs) Yeah, about 20 minutes ago.
0: Newark Town, um, they travelled to Dromfield and Dromfield are two places on one point above Newark Town. Come on, boys, this Mm. is Mm. an opportunity to put another club between you and the bottom of the table. Whereas, Rettford, you didn't expect anything. Dromfield away, you expect
1: something. I honestly think it'll be uh, a wonderful show on Monday night because I think Newark Rugby will win at Stanford. Newark Town will win at Dromfield. And moving on, Col- Collingham then travel to,
0: <laughs> to, to Doncaster to play a Bentley side that's had a turbulent few weeks. Most of their players leaving for pastures new. So who knows what sort of team they're going to be playing. So Bentley should be second best to Collingham. So mm. what you're really saying is everybody's going to be on a in 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 a good mood oh yeah the rest of the football sees flow serve reserves travel to bingham town south city host cavaliers on friday night that's their first home match at bishop's drive for over a month that's that's shocking i think i I think collingham should batter bentley but other other chip shops are available thank you um grantham town (laughs) play matlock at the Mears, and harrowby take on third place melton town at dickens road to hockey, a tricky trip to Derby for the ladies' ones, and the men's ones put their unbeaten 2019 record, um, up against league leaders, University of Nottingham. If you look at the league table, there are sort of streets in front of anything else in that division it's a big weekend for our runners with the national cross-country championships at herewood house leeds newark athletic club's president gareth bagley will be attending his 48th consecutive <laughs> championship <laughs> I ain't bad going is it <laughs> 48th consecutive And that, that's that's quite remarkable that is just an Hell of an achievement, and he only looks a day over eighty, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah. um For the runners not travelling to Leeds, as always to do Chris Ten K wheelchair basketball sees the Jaguars threes. They travel to sh- to Cheshire to play the Phoenix. Sunday it's the Knotts Cup quarter final when Newark town Ladies take on Arnold Town Gold at Devon Park, two o'clock. So the Newark town Ladies going for for cup glory. It's a massive day for the Newark Hockey Club under 12s, as they look to finish as one of the county's top two clubs in the county championships at Beeston. The top two go on to the regional finals, the Midlands finals, so Mr Halfpenny will have them ready and primed, I'm sure of it. And Sunday also sees an away day for RHP Colts, so they've got a trip to Immingham to contend with. So, um, long distance travelling for Mr Atwood and the boys. Um... That's about it, Tony. We've got about one and a half minutes to go. Um, our two guests this week was absolutely wonderful. Zoe Codd told us all about cyclocross and comedy corners. And Joseph Monk last night was
1: just truly remarkable. Joseph was amazing. Zoe Cod, how anybody can look like Lady and admit to how old she was. Uh, that's incredible. That, there must be something in that wicklow air, I think. she she was a joy to meet a joy to listen to because that
0: irish accent was was lovely that lilt was gorgeous it it? it really was lovely (laughs) um our two guests next week are each end of the age spectrum shall we politely say charlotte maiden's going to come and see us on tuesday our young golfer and she's going to give us an update of how she started this season which actually is very well Uh, And what's expected of her. And on Wednesday night, somebody that you really will sit back and enjoy listening to, Paul Hyde is in the studio. (laughs) Um, It's going to be one of those, I wish it was nine o'clock shows, um, because Paul's going to tell us about his life in football. That's next week. Enjoy the weekend. Keep smiling. We'll see you then.